Welcome to the Zetamar Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Rain. The Zetamar Podcast showcases some of Zetamar News' best content, featuring news and analysis from both the Zetamar team and special guests. Sign up to our newsletter at zetamarnews.substack.com or through our main website, zetamar.com, to receive the podcast by email. You can also find us on podcast apps and on Spotify, which is perhaps the easiest way of subscribing to the show and making sure you don't miss an episode. Today we've got a selection of interesting stories from the last month to share with you. Tom Barker will be getting expert analysis from Mozambican journalist Fernando Lima on everything from the latest developments in the Cabo Gado conflict to the meeting of Fernando's Central Committee. First though, Tom and Fernando take a look at Mozambique's recent election as a non-permanent member to the UN Security Council and what this means for the country. Please like, share and review the podcast and we hope you enjoy. Well, here we are again with another edition of the Zetamar podcast. I'm back with Fernando Lima. Fernando, thanks for coming on again. It's been a long time, although, of course, we are in constant contact. Um, but we've got a lot to cover this uh, this week, this month. Uh, it's been over a month, I think, since, since we last uh, spoke to our listeners. So there's been quite a few things happening. But we'll start off with something that uh, happened today, uh, today being Thursday, the 9th of June. Mozambique was elected to a non-permanent seat on the UN Security Council. And you, Fernando, have been watching um, President Nussi's address to the nation this afternoon after that decision was taken. Um, what did he have to say and, and how is it being received in Mozambique? Well, I think there is uh, uh, some spirit of, uh, of joy, at least to, among the people that have access to uh, media and can express their feelings through uh, through the media. Uh, the government put out this, uh, I would say, elaborate uh, campaign, propaganda campaign, uh, showing how important was this uh, position in the UN Security Council and also portray these uh, elections like uh, uh, there was a dispute in the Security Council in which Mozambique could win or uh, could fail uh, to get this seat at uh, Security Council. So uh, having this election uh, seen from this point of view, of course, it's like when you win a, a soccer game. And uh, of course, this country that is so affected by disgrace, by uh, uh, cyclones, by uh, economic sanctions, by uh, war violence, and so from time to time we need to have some uh, some sense of achievement and uh, and victory. Like for example, uh, yesterday when the, our soccer national team beat uh, Benin in uh, in Cotonou, it was the same sense, the same feeling of. Uh, Victory, which feel uh, have Mozambicans feel proud to be to be Mozambicans. So from that point of view, there is uh, this sense, and of course uh, the media is uh, having his own part on it. Uh, well, the the real thing is that uh, there was no doubt that uh, Mozambique w- would get the seat. 
basically the Mozambican position was supported by African Union. There was no uh, other contender for the uh, for the continent for that seat, and I think this resumes what the the, the whole issue uh, is uh, is about uh, after. Uh, Mozambique uh, won the decision uh, by the, the African Union. Uh, this was the, 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 the main effort and this was achieved some time ago. So when uh, commentators uh, argue that uh, there was uh, uncertainty due to the fact that Mozambique was one of the countries that abstained in the two UN votes on Russian invasion of Ukraine, I think, uh, yes, uh, Mozambique was criticized by that, by some of its uh, cooperation partners, but this was not influential and was not at any time at discussion table if Mozambique would be penalized in his, uh, uh, in his campaign to be elected for the, the, the Security Council. Mm, okay, so it was. Um, so the more interesting story is about the football, right? So Mozambique has four four points from two games in its uh, campaign to get to the African Nations Cup. But anyway, congratulations to Mozambique on on, on both fronts. And um, yeah, this is another another blow for uh, Nusi's uh, propaganda to be able to point to his presidency as having been a very successful one, I suppose. Yeah, well, definitely, uh, definitely, it uh, it really, really. Uh... Uh, fits perfectly on his uh, uh, on his narrative uh, of success of recent success, I would say. Okay, well let's um, let's get back to the bad news, which is obviously what we at Zetamar specialize in, because today there's been some truly uh, shocking news coming out of Cabo Delgado, um, which is where you know it's difficult to be shocked anymore, but. The insurgents have reached a, a new district in the south of the province in Anquab and have carried out, it looks like, at least three separate attacks in the last three or four days, including now, and this will also obviously get the headlines, on a on a mining project, a, a graphite mining project in Anquab. But obviously the, the, you know, the, the headlines ought to go to the humanitarian crisis that this is causing. People have been killed by the insurgents over the last few days and hundreds or thousands more have been displaced towards Pemba. And it really doesn't look like things are going the way of the government in this, um, in this conflict which ebbs and flows. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's the, the irony of, uh, of the war and the way uh, things are uh, evolving in, in Cap Delgado. In one week, we have everybody, including uh, external actors, uh, acknowledging progress in the security situation in Cap Delgado for all of a sudden a couple of actors on a southern part of Cap Delgado to turn completely uh, the, the, the views and the image of the conflict uh, there. And uh, I would say that the insurgents have not done much they uh, concentrate themselves on uh, soft uh, soft targets, uh, meaning uh, attacking uh, people, villagers, burning their, uh, their houses. But this was uh, enough to have uh, uh, thousands of people uh, running in trying to reach Pemba, the capital city of Cap Delgado, 
trying to reach and uh, or reaching uh, Anquab uh, district headquarters. So they manage to disrupt completely the life at this uh, district. And this was followed by what happened uh, last week uh, at another uh, neighboring uh, district in Maluku. Just the fact that uh, else, uh, uh, else vehicle that have been uh, attacked launch uh, a panic wave in the, in the area. Um, in Anquab, the situation is worse because there are a number of uh, graphite projects uh, based uh, uh, based in Anquab, namely uh, not uh, yes in Anquab but also in Balama which is a neighboring district. But as a result of the attacks in Anquab, uh, now the one of the mines in Balama have suspended their uh, activities. Uh, local authorities have lobby, lobbied strongly to have uh, the graphite product to be exported by the port of, uh, uh, of Pemba. And since this these uh, trucks circulate on a road not very far from uh, the areas attacked the whole uh, operation is now is now uh, suspended in addition to the fact that one of the projects have been under under attack yeah so just to clarify so in in, in balama that's syro resources yeah who, who are exporting their most of their graphite through Nicala, but like you say, they've been recently also added um, Pemba as an export port. But yeah, they, they said they suspended now on, on the basis of uh, reports they'd received about a an attack on a graphite mine, which our sources indicated was um, a mine called Grafex, which belongs to another Australian company called Triton. But um, I think you were just saying to me, Fernando, before we started recording, that we might have got that wrong and it might have been the, the neighbouring mine which belongs to um a german or uh, i think ultimately dutch-owned company called gk yes german no german german yeah yeah graphite kropfmull um i think their ultimate owners is a is a, a dutch commodities company called amg but that that remains to be clarified but yeah it's um it's an alarming development and and not good news for the mozambican economy the capital gado economy and Perhaps there'll be more grist to um, the mill of those who would argue that this this insurgency is a, a symptom of the resource curse, which I think there's some validity in that point, but um, it's always been a little bit difficult to um, to tie it to it, given the, the insurgency's apparent disinterest in actually attacking anyone's commercial interests. Um, but here's another example of, of that happening. Yeah, uh, Tom, what is interesting is uh, that the insurgency is moving according to what uh, analysts uh, anticipate uh, uh, a couple months ago after the big uh, offensives by the Rwandese forces and uh, Sadek uh, force, uh, the insurgents are now operating in uh, smaller groups, but also spread their, uh, their activities to other districts, making more difficult for a small force because at the end of the day, uh, SADC and Rwandese uh, forces combined are too small 
being able to be in control of the old uh, Kabu, uh, Kabu Delgado provinces. So their uh, tactics uh, were uh, quite wise in creating uh, panic, violence, and destruction in districts that have not been too much affected before by, uh, by the war. Uh, so in the propaganda front, proving that they can be anywhere uh, they want, and more, even worse, that they can immediately cause uh, economic harm, as uh, have been shown by the decisions taken by uh, by the graphite companies in uh, the Anquab Balama area. And they seem to be able to attack in at least two very different parts of the province at the same time, because they are there have been attacks reported in Makomir over the last couple of days as well, and claims made by. I, by IS um, of attacks made in Makamir at almost the same time as attacks are happening in Anquab, and it seems like there's also been activity further north, even in Musimba the Prior District. So, even if they are hitting soft targets in small groups, this creates a huge problem for the the counterinsurgency effort, right? Yes, uh, there was uh, a number of small projects, uh, basically working with people, uh, for example in the Olumbi, uh, Olumbi uh, and the Mondlani village in the area of uh, Palma. And uh, these programs were sponsored by Total Energies. And both programs have been, uh, have been suspended also as an effect of two consecutive attacks against uh, Olumbi uh, a few weeks ago. And I'm also hearing today that... Um... Rwandan troops have been deployed to Ankuaba, which is a long, long way south of uh, the two districts that we understood that they were really um, brought in to to take control of up in Palma and Musimba the Prior. So unless the Rwandan force gets significantly uh, increased, they're also going to be stretched thin across the province if Mozambique is so reliant on, on the Rwandans to keep a lid on this insurgency. Sign up to our newsletter at zetamarnews.substack.com or through our main website, zetamar.com, to receive the podcast by email. You can also find us on podcast apps and on Spotify, which is perhaps the easiest way of subscribing to the show and making sure you don't miss an episode. There you can also find all our previous episodes featuring analysis and interviews with the Zetamar team and special guests. Paying customers can also access the Zetamar Daily Briefing, which rounds up the most important headlines of the day in Mozambique. Head to zetamar.com to find out more. Well, let's rewind a little bit, um, a couple of weeks, um, to a big date on the Mozambican political, cal- political calendar, which was a meeting of the Fremo Central Committee. That's a, an organ of the, the ruling party. Um, it's about 300, 300 or so people strong. It meets uh, in between the five yearly meetings of the party congress to to direct the, the, the path of the party. And it'll be the central committee, I think, next year, which ultimately chooses the next presidential candidate. This uh, central committee meeting, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Fernando, nothing particularly concrete came out of it. Um, but we did have the first sort of... Um, Shots fired in the in, in the question of whether Fulimo might allow Philippe Nusi to run for a third term as president. 
Yeah, well, uh, this was exactly the, the interest of uh, this uh, particular uh, Central Committee meeting. Apart the fact that it's the last uh, meeting of this uh, body of uh, Freedom of Party before uh, the Congress in uh, September. And the elections are very important. When I say elections, elections for the for the party delegates, elections for the first secretaries at uh, each one of the provinces in Mozambique, because this can, in fact, influence the audience uh, at a Congress. Meaning, for example, if the uh, a strong majority of the delegates will be in support of uh, of Nusi, this will uh, uh, allow uh, Nusi, which is the the current president of Frelimo Party, to uh, uh, run smoothly the Congress and have a new Central Committee being elected in a more uh, favorable fashion to him. And also the political commission uh, that he uh, he can choose better uh, its members since it's well known that the president uh, the present political commission it's made of people of different tendencies and not all the time they are in agreement with uh, with Mr. Newsy. But yes, the most important. Uh, fact at this uh, particular meeting was the issue of a third mandate for Mr. Nussi as uh, president of uh, of Mozambique. Nothing was discussed at the central committee, but there is a narrative that explains that before this meeting, the whole issue was uh, dealt within uh, different tendencies and personalities within uh, within Frelimo in order to uh, have this issue being taken out of the political agenda of the Central Committee. And uh, it seems that the third mandate issue is out of the political perspectives of Frelimo and, uh, of course, the, the group of Mr. Nussi within party leadership at this point. So you mean that, that that's not seriously being considered anymore? Or, or what do you mean by it's out of the perspectives? This, uh, uh, this means that uh, Mr. Nussi was told that uh, different tendencies within uh, Fredimo party were not in agreement of, uh, uh, of a third mandate. A third mandate will implicate change in the in the constitution and there will be not enough uh, time or i would say uh, political uh, political space to produce these changes in the constitution allowing a candidate to run for a third mandate okay but if the constitution is not changed um, there will have to be elections for district administrators in 2024, which is something that um, Newsy did say might not be a good idea to go ahead with. So that, that seemed to be saying we're going to have to change the constitution. And then if if they do have to change the constitution for that, then, then you know, why not do anything else that needs to be done to it? Yeah, this is a, this is a very interesting, uh, a very interesting uh, uh, question because yes, if you do not have 
district elections or if you don't want district elections you uh, you you need to change also uh, the constitution and uh, the time is uh, running against uh, uh, against the people that would need to change the constitution first because elections and uh, this uh, these elections i mean uh, presidential elections and uh, general elections need to be announced 18 months uh, in an, in advance and also there is another um, constitution continue, uh, constitution premise which states that the constitution can only be changed every five years and since the constitution was changed in uh, 2018 this means that it can only be changed in uh, 2023 which doesn't allow enough time to uh, to then have the president announce the new uh, the new uh, the new elections in addition to that yes there is a, a constitutional uh, article that uh, says that yes the constitution can be changed before the the five year uh, schedule but you need to have uh, three quarters uh, vote uh, vote at um, at in parliament and Frelimo doesn't have a majority of three quarters uh, uh, three quarters within uh, within parliament. So are you basically saying there is no way now of changing the constitution in time for there not to be district level elections in twenty twenty four? Well, what I'm saying is, yes, there is a, a possibility, but this possibility uh, have been, uh, have been uh, touched by a constitutional clause which demands a three-quarter majority in, in Parliament. And Frelimo does, does not have a three-quarter majority in, uh, in Parliament, and it has the two opposition parties in parliament asking for district uh, elections so i i see uh, strong difficulties for frelimo to reach an agreement before the the five year uh, the the five year period to change the constitution in order to have the two other uh, parties present in parliament to vote along uh, Frelim and allow uh, a constitutional uh, change uh, in relation to district elections, because precisely that's uh, that's where the disagreement is. Frelimo and uh, specifically President Inusi uh, asking for a reflection on uh, district uh, elections in 2024 and uh, two opposition parties asking for elections in 2024. Mm. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to other issues. And the, there was not a lot else of any uh, sort of conclusions that came out of the Central Committee, I think, as could be expected. But then within a week or so, we had um, President Nusi. Uh, reshuffled the heads of the secret services, CIS, uh, with a new head and deputy head of CIS 
Uh, is that an indication that he'd come out of the Central Committee with um, renewed authority and ability to, to make these kind of uh, appointments, or, or am I reading that wrong? Well, um, even if it, this was not the reasoning, uh, the, the, time, the, the time frame for this appointment uh, gave, uh, gave that impression, meaning uh, I'm being prevented to run for a third mandate. So you will have a new aid of security services and this aid of security services, it should be shown publicly as someone that is uh, close to my uh, leadership uh, because uh, it's uh, clear that uh, this was uh, one of the intentions. This is no coincidence. And in the past, uh, namely in um, 2015, when Nussi took over as president, he also uh, went to the armed forces get a retired uh, general, uh, Lagos Lidimo, from his native province, Cap Delgado, to be appointed as head of security. Unfortunately, General uh, Lidimo, at, at least for President Nussi, he got very ill and he was forced to, uh, to resign. But clearly, uh, this means that uh, uh, the president will have a head of security services very close to him, very loyal to him. But this does not mean that there was serious troubles with the, with the Secret Service, namely uh, in the war in Cap Delgado, because the extent of uh, insurgency networks and activities was uh, were developed in all these years because the lack of uh, good intelligence and the lack of good services being provided by the, the, the secret service. Okay. And talking of the secret services, that brings us back to um, the question of the hidden debts, intimately linked to um, CIS and its uh, former leadership at the time. Um, and the latest development in the Hidden Debts uh, saga was a ruling from South Africa's Constitutional Court this week um, that it wasn't interested in hearing Mozambique's appeal against the decision by a lower court in South Africa to send Manuel Shang, the former finance minister, to face trial in the US. And I tweeted that this looks like the end of the line for Shang and then had to, had to walk that back the following day because it's not the end of the line, is it? Yeah, that's, uh, the, the, that's it. Uh, the saga is not over uh, yet, meaning as people were expecting, Mr. Shang is not uh, being booked on a flight to, uh, to New York to wait for trial uh, there. There are still a number of steps to be fulfilled in, uh, uh, in South Africa. First, uh, the Supreme Court of Appeals needs to rule an action made by the Attorney General's Office of Mozambique requesting uh, Mr. Shank to return back to Mozambique. And after that, if this appeal will, uh, will not uh, be in favor of the Mozambican uh, petition, 
still the Attorney General's office can make a new appeal, this time to the Constitutional Court, trying to reverse previous decisions by different levels of uh, courts in South Africa that have decided that Mr. Manuel Chan should go to United States. There is also another uh, another possibility, which is at this point that United States would turn down the request of Mr. Shang to be extradited to United States. What give up on its give up on its demand for his extradition? Well, since courts are not the most expedite bodies in taking uh, decisions. Unfortunately for Mr. Chang and Mr. Chang's family, there will be a worrying time that he will uh, spend, continue to spend in prison in South Africa. And it's 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 always quite fascinating to speculate as to whether there are any political uh, machinations or influences going on on the courts in deciding um, whether or not he should go to the US and do you think any of this is informed by South Africa's relationship with Mozambique, the fact that they are now working together in Cabo Delgado, um, the relationship Ramaphosa has with Musi? Do you think any of that feeds into what the South African courts are able to do, or are they too independent of of the executive? Two uh, two important things that I think uh, are uh, apart from uh, speculation. One courts in South Africa, they clearly are much more uh, independent and they perform in a more independent fashion in the political system uh, there than in, uh, in Mozambique, which is shown by the way courts are ruling the whole issue of Mr. Shank. Two, clearly there is a, a lot of politics involved outside of the courts between uh, Mozambique and uh, South Africa. And this is explained by the fact that uh, two different ministers have decided in different ways which way Mr. Shang should uh, take in order to face uh, charges. And also the fact that a number of uh, uh, political uh, figures, both in Mozambique and South Africa, have made public pronunciations uh, defending, uh, in this case, a position that Mr. Shang should be taken to uh, Mozambique. In fact, at one point, a plane had been sent to South Africa to take uh, Mr. Mr. Shang back to Maputo, and only a last-minute uh, court action uh, prevent Mr. Shang to take this plane back to Mozambique. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, um, one day the cycle will be over, but for now that's going to keep on running and keep providing us with things to talk about whenever we get around to recording another podcast. But it's been a pleasure speaking with you again this evening, Fernando, and I'm sure our listeners will be glad of another episode this week. Thank you for listening to the Zetamar podcast. Sign up to our newsletter at zetamarnews.substack.com or through our main website, zetamar.com, to receive the podcast by email. And make sure to share, review and subscribe to the Zetamar podcast on your preferred podcast provider. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.